Chapter Forty Eight of Snarled Identities. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Snarled Identities by Nicholas Carter. Chapter Forty Eight. Up against it. A few minutes later, the front doorbell rang again and this time the salver which the butler presented to his supposed employer bore the card of harold lumsden gordon nodded impassively very well he said i only hope he'll prove worth the trouble he told himself as the butler left the room he's a spendthrift of course money turns to water and runs through his fingers no matter how fast it comes in he's just back from london however and i hardly think he has already squandered everything he picked up there then the door opened and a tragic figure entered the caller's face was haggard his eyes wild his hair disordered even his clothing seemed carelessly worn and ill-fitting though lumsden had always been considered one of the best-dressed men in the profession certainly he did not look like a matinee idol now something terrible has happened he burst out mr carter i am being blackmailed somebody has learned the secret which i thought safe with you and has demanded an enormous sum of money it means my ruin unless i know all about it i'm sorry to say the bogus detective interrupted once more he gave a brief and very unsatisfactory explanation pointing to the rifled safe and winding up with a statement of his belief that there was nothing to do but to pay just as a temporary expedient of course naturally that advice did not appeal to the actor any more than it had to ex-senator phelps but gordon adroitly argued him into a somewhat less impatient mood how much does he want a cool hundred thousand was the bitter reply and it did not convey any real news to the man in nick's desk chair and i haven't more than eighty thousand to my name the devil you haven't green eye exclaimed harshly not after that london engagement he had spoken without thinking and did not realize what he had said until the caller looked sharply at him i beg your pardon lumsden he hastened to say that must have sounded impertinent i'm afraid i meant no offence i assure you it was merely surprise you know we outsiders are inclined to think that you popular actors are made of money well we're not the other answered as if slightly mollified what shall i do pay what you can gordon answered promptly i know it doesn't appeal to you my friend but as i have said it's only temporary i'll have the fellow where i want him in short order you may be sure this is only in the nature of insurance to keep the rascal from carrying out his threats before i can stop his activities that seemed to appeal strongly to the actor it's asking a good deal to trust everything to you including my whole bankroll when the trouble originated through you he said however i see nothing else to do i'll do as you suggest anything is better than exposure and i can always earn more money if i have to see the last of this he paused for a moment by jove he ejaculated 
you have made me feel that i shan't be comfortable until i've paid the money over if you don't mind i'll make out a check to self right now and take it to the bank to be cashed so that i can turn over the currency to the scoundrel when he comes green eye had no objection to that of course in fact it brought an anticipatory glitter to his eyes with shaking hands lumsden took a checkbook from his pocket seating himself in the chair which gordon vacated for the purpose when he tried to write however he found it exceedingly difficult to do so confound it he cried impatiently see how infernally nervous i am would you mind filling this in for eighty thousand mr carter and then i'll try to sign it gladly greeneye said with alacrity reseating himself in the vacated chair and taking the pen from his visitor's trembling hand the masquerading criminal held down the cover of the little checkbook with his left hand while he began to write with the other lumsden leaned over his shoulder watching him as if ready to try his luck at signing his name as soon as the rest of the check was filled in his hand slipped into his pocket however and when it came out silently there was something in it which had a metallic gleam ah thanks he exclaimed a moment or two later you've made it very easy for me gordon simultaneously there was a sudden unlooked-for swoop followed quickly by the click of a pair of handcuffs as they closed on green eyes wrists and the voice which uttered the mocking words was not the voice of harold lumsden but that of nick carter himself gordon knew it after the first word or two and even if he had not done so the action which went along with it would have been enlightening enough nick carter by heaven the rogue cried hoarsely jumping to his feet and overturning the chair nick carter exactly the detective agreed removing the wig which had played such a large part in transforming him into harold lumsden you didn't think you were going to have this little masked ball all to yourself did you after the first day's shock a merely momentary one had passed gordon's face seemed to grow actually black with rage and hatred you may think you have me curse you he snarled but i'll show you he leaped forward his manacled arms raised to strike together nick quietly sidestepped the mad bull-like rush but green eye turned and charged him again there was one more surprise awaiting him though the door opened and chick entered coolly fingering an automatic pretty neat weapon isn't it gordon he asked in a matter-of-fact tone then stopped in feigned surprise oh you and the chief are having an argument hope you don't think i've butted in now that i'm here though i think i might as well stay you look as if you need your wrists slapped and the chief might not care to bother with it the escaped convict had halted in his tracks at the first interruption and was now looking from the detective to his assistant with baffled rage he would have liked to fight it out to a finish but his shrewdness told him he would gain nothing by such a course and it was one of his rules never to exert himself unnecessarily the consequence was that he merely shrugged his shoulders so be it he said quietly you fellows can trump my ace i see let me remind you however 
that you haven't got that gold that our mutual friend john simpson took such a liking to likewise you're a long way from the possession of those papers which you were foolish enough to keep in a more or less ordinary safe the detectives looked at each other and grinned think so queried nick i'm afraid in that case that you're scheduled to receive another disagreeable surprise or two i located the gold yesterday afternoon in one of gillespie's closets as for the missing records i feel very sure that we shall discover them on you and they did therefore there was no need of delay and number thirty nine thousand four hundred seventy clinton were shipped northward to danamora the next day under escort lucky for us that he belonged to the gray brotherhood nick remarked to griswold when he turned a little over seventy five thousand dollars in gold over to him otherwise he would have gone scot-free just as in the case of simpson as it is he'll get something extra for his escape at least and i don't believe he'll have a chance to slip away again but another case like this would give me heart disease i'm afraid he added to himself the end end of chapter forty eight recording by john brandon end of snarled identities by nicholas carter